Welcome to Public Narrative, A Word with Jamira Alexander. I'm your host, Jamira Alexander, President and Executive Director of Public Narrative, a community media resource nonprofit based right here in Chicago that champions narrative change through workshops, training, programming, and research, building more authentic relationships between media makers, nonprofits, and you, the community. A Word is the chance to bring different guests on the show that can help us better understand some of the pertinent issues our communities face when it comes to public safety, education, and health. A significant and one of the most influential moments of our city's history is the Great Migration that attracted hundreds of thousands of Black people, workers, individuals, and families to Chicago for what they hoped would be a newfound life different from the circumstances of the lives they had before. But according to, to a WBEZ analysis from earlier this summer, that took a look at the Chicago Urban League State of, the, of Black Chicago 2023 report, Chicago has been losing Black residents for the last decade. In the story by award-winning journalist and editor Alden Lowry, while the peak population once hit 1.19 million in 1980, the population of Black Chicago dropped to a bit shy of 800,000 in 2020 the lowest decennial census count of Black Chicagoans since 1950. What's to blame for this drop? Well, economic, educational, and health disinvestment and disparity, just to name a few. On the bright side, the resilience and resourcefulness of the community persists, and there are folks in the long haul fight to bring impactful solutions in taking back the narrative of the Black community and building back Black families in Chicago. We have two of these formidable community builders joining me today. You'll get to meet Burst Into Books' Jerema Gorham a little later in the show. But first, born from a volunteer stint at Beasley Academic Center on Chicago's South Side in 2017, Joseph Williams founded Mr. Dad's Father's Club, a nonprofit that aims to instill positive male role models in children's lives while in Chicago schools. Joseph, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me today. Of course. Help us understand, like, the inspiration behind creating Mr. Dad's Father's Club. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Mr. Dad's Father's Club was created in 2017. Uh, the ultimate goal was really to help get fathers actively involved in their children's lives through mentoring and literacy. Um, and, and by doing that, we really wanted to be intentional about it. So we wanted to make sure as our fathers were getting involved, that we were also, like, boosting these babies' confidence and their self-esteem through the reading. So... We got something called social emotional learning, where we actually focus on books that's uh, again boosting the confidence and self esteem. But then that goes from pre K to third grade, and then from fourth grade to twelfth grade, we work on mentoring, one on one support, group support, teaching them about entrepreneurship, uh, no bullying, and just working with them on different workshops to just enhance them uh, more. Um, and then of course from there, uh, we love working with our babies and our youth. But just three years ago, now we've added to our fathers. Uh, component where we're working directly with fathers and mentoring them and working with them. So we get a chance to uh, take fathers and their families out. We just uh, actually left the White Sox just this last week mm -hmm. with a lot of fathers and their families. So we want to make sure we're continuing to just build that engagement with fathers and children. Mm -hmm. And what is the response, I mean, between the fathers and the children, like in their relationship building? What is their response yeah, yeah. been like? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty cool response. I mean, look, um, I know a lot of folks, and we look at the data and it talks about how fathers are not really involved. And I can stand here and tell you today that fathers are more involved than I've ever seen them be involved. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you when they're involved, children are less likely to probably do drugs, more likely to graduate school, 
uh, more likely to just be successful in life. It's like a, a positive balance. And we all need some type of positive male in our lives that's going to help encourage us and build us. And when we do these programs in school, I remember uh, reading book to a pre-K pre uh, classroom, and one of the children in the classroom said, my dad passed away. And for me, and for him to be like three to four years old and understand that, it told me how important it was to have our program in those schools. Mm -hmm. Because now, although that has happened, he has something now that he can look up to and somebody who's still gonna be there and encourage him through his journey and build with him and continue to just make him feel like he does still have a place and just making him uh, grow to be positive no matter what happened in his life, you know? Mm -hmm. And what, are, what schools are you in presently? Uh, we are in Beasley, Nicholson, Peary, <laughs> uh, Oh my God, Parkside, we've been to Bret Hart. I don't know, we, we touch on a lot of schools. I'll tell you, even recently, we just did a parent um, and principal conference with um, all of the schools in Inglewood. And we had at least 13 schools come up mm -hmm. saying they want our program in there. So right now we're in 11 schools. Mm -hmm. uh, we bring those 13 on, we probably gonna be at 23 soon, a little bit more than that. So we plan to expand soon in schools. And uh, the goal, what I'm looking to do soon, is to build a Mr. Dad's Father's Club chapter in each school because those mm -hmm. schools that approached us, you know, <laughs> when we started the work, we just had to go out and canvas and get the fathers and bring them into the schools. But these schools are coming with fathers already. They just mm -hmm. need something to do positive with their dads. So we're going to tap in and really build chapters out throughout CPS and charter schools. We'll be right back after a break and to hear more about Mr. Dad's Father's Club. I'm Anna Valencia, one of your hosts for Joy in the Breakthrough. On our next episode, Connie and I welcome Jen Guzman. All I could do is go inside and kind of hold my own hand through the darkness and say, hey, this is going to be a journey, but we're going to be okay. Tune in this Monday at 7 p.m. on CanTV Channel 19, streaming on CanTV.org and now available on the new CanTV Plus app. Experience the power of community television. Thanks so much, Joseph, for joining me today. Right. So help us understand, the um, your program is expanding in a very significant way. In what ways are, are you, you are also supporting the fathers who are volunteering with the program? Yeah, absolutely. So the fathers, um, not only are we mentoring them, but we're getting them out with their children. But now as they volunteer with our children and our youth, we're now starting to provide a stipend behind their volunteer. Uh, we, we know that, you know, sometimes a monetary stipend can help out, you know, and now we're seeing the effects because now those same young men that would have been doing something different or negative with their life, they're now turning it over to something positive by getting involved. A lot of fathers want to be involved, don't know how to get involved, but then also we, we realize sometimes money is a factor. So when we're able to give them those stipends, we're now grabbing high-risk DAGs and we're getting them involved into the school system. And um, I'm looking at it change their lives. You know, I tell my children all the time how you guys saved my life because without mm -hmm. those babies, I really don't know what direction I would have been going. So um, it's, it's something that I think is work is a holistic thing. We're not just building families and getting fathers involved, but now you can bring some money into the house. And I think that even helps out a lot more. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, your children, like helping to save your life. Yeah. Like, is, were they a part of the inspiration in forming? Oh, absolutely. My kids guided the whole organization, right? <laughs> I think I think that's most folks who have organizations, your life experiences or something you're going through is the reason why you do the work mm -hmm. you do. And for me, having a wife and six children, I have no doubt about it that my children <laughs> guided this, right? Um, you know, even one of my children books I created was because of my daughter. She came in a room one night and told me, like, my daddy 
is me. And I'm like, this is some deep stuff. What are you talking about, my daddy is me? And for me, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. So I came out with a book called My Daddy Is Me. Mm -hmm. And it showed a father model in all of these different professions. And it reflects back on the mirror at the child. And it continues to show them that they can be anything they want to be in life. Um, but to your point, absolutely. Um, my kids, my wife, they all inspire this work. Um, I would have never been in the schools volunteering and even going to read books. I am not a book reader in real life. <laughs> um, this is something that I, I've gained to earn. I mean, I've gained to like see the value of it mm -hmm. and to really uh, be inspired by reading to children. Uh, but it was nothing I ever thought about. My Literally, my teacher, uh, my daughter's teacher, um, wanted to take a break and just asked me to watch the classroom. I was volunteering. I said, okay, I'll watch them. And I go in there and I had nothing to do, so I picked up a book and read. But the class responded overwhelmingly, just standing up and clapping. They had so much of a good time with me. I'm like, you know what? I got to do this again. So I started doing it on a weekly basis. And before you knew it, uh, we had 100 plus dads at Beasley. That was our first school mm -hmm. we started at that would come in for fathers' uh, marches, fathers' carnivals. Um, they would come into the classrooms and read. It was just something that was amazing. And we knew we had to turn into something bigger than that once we realized we had this type of impact on the fathers and the children. Mm -hmm. Now, who have some of your collaborators been? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends, right? We have collaborators as far as when we get our families out and you got the white socks and you got Cradles of Crayons who donates tons of diapers and wipes and coats and book bags to us as we do our yearly events, community events. Um, you got the WNBA Chicago Sky who comes out and makes sure they give us tickets yearly to get families out there. But then you have our community partners like Burst Into Books with Jareem McGorm. Um, that's an amazing organization where we can come out to Roseland sometime and be a part of some of the amazing work happening out there. Um, you have <laughs> tons of community partners and I don't like to just say certain folks, but it's a lot of good people that we have the opportunity uh, to work with on a community level. And we just try to spread that love. We work directly with CPS, right? We're mm -hmm. in the school, so uh, we get a chance to work with a little bit everybody. We have the opportunity just last year and the previous years to work directly with the Obama's Foundation. Just mm -hmm. last year, they even supported our summer camp by giving us 15000 to keep the summer camp going. So um, we don't turn out any partnerships. We embrace it. We want to build it more and more and try to collaborate with everyone we can because we understand it's going to take a village to really help these babies and these families out. Now, how do you take care of yourself? Because there's a lot that's going on, and you being the leader of it all, yeah. you have to be nourished, of course, in, in being able to continue on this work. Like, how do you equip yourself for uh, leadership in this in this capacity? Yeah, I, I think self-care is extremely important. It's something that we all have to practice more of. I need to get better at it because I wake up and go to sleep working, but I understand the importance of it. Um, and... You know, we, you got to do what you got to do. I'll tell you something I tell a lot of my seniors when I meet them. I got to do it while I'm young because soon I won't have I'm all this time you. to do this. So <laughs> all this running I'm doing now is good because I won't always have this time on my side. And yeah. why I got it, I need to make the biggest impact I can make in lives all around. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, got to practice more self-care, but more than anything, we got to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And that's by any means. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's the What does the future hold for your organization? Uh -huh. Hopefully one day we'll be in every state. <laughs> uh, we hope to be in every state. We're uh, hoping to open a facility soon when we have uh, a nice space where we can really run some good programming out of it and really offer more services for our fathers and just continue to expand on the org. But I'm hoping this program from once we go school by school and build chapters out that we can eventually go state by state. Uh, we uh, working with 
uh, the city to build activation spaces and open these community gardens and not just community gardens but really activation to give people somewhere to go where they can enjoy themselves and do that in their own neighborhood but do it safe um, so we got some good things happening you know um, soon we are working with the state right now to increase our funding to make sure that we have the funding we need to hire good staff so it's not all on me that's gonna help me right there with self-care mm -hmm. right so um, a lot of good things happening. We're just grateful for the opportunities that's at our doorstep. This vision um, has really impacted a lot of families presently, but how else do you imagine it will continue to transform the black family in Chicago? Oh, wow. You know, this, this program is going to probably change the world one day. Mm. And I say that with a lot of confidence because I understand the impact. Some people, I tell them, you have to just come and see it. Because when you see it, then it's like, now you get what it's doing, yeah. right? And this program is not just getting fathers back in the homes or involving their children's lives. When you think about the violence and everything, those little babies and those youth, they don't have nobody to look up to half the time. And we're filling that role. This can spill over to something that can be a violence prevention program, can be a literacy program, a mentoring. You can put almost any title on it because it's all going to work together when it's all done and over yeah. with. And we see what happens when we get involved, you know? so. Um, I'm just, again, blessed to be able to do the work, but I see this one day being an instrumental role, an instrumental program that can possibly change the world one day. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we certainly uh, are going to stand by and watch you <laughs> oh, change yeah, the oh, world yeah. in this way. <laughs> but I particularly appreciate the opportunities that you're creating for uh, black men as they continue to learn, even learn or even practice being, uh, being fathers. Absolutely. How can folks can connect with your work to support it? reach out to our organization and that's at mrdadsfathersclub.com. Excellent, excellent. Joseph, I want to thank you so much for no, joining no, thank me Thank you today. for having I me, really You are doing amazing work. You are bringing stories like ours to the forefront and I'm uh, grateful for you. We need more people in this work to highlight folks and do what you're doing. So thank you for having me today. Of course. Thank you again, Joseph, for being here today. I really appreciate it. And for more information about Mr. Dad's Father's Club, visit mrdadsfathersclub.com. We'll be back with Jerema Gorham with Burst Into Books after this short break. In a challenging search for an interactive and holistically supportive book club that she could add to her, her son's growing extracurricular activities, Jerema Gorham took matters into her own hands and founded Burst Into Books in 2018. The nonprofit's mission is dedicated to deepening the love of reading in youth, engaging them with literary inspiration and promoting learning as a family. Jerema, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. So help me understand, like the passion that you have for Burst Into Books, like how has that grown through the years? Well, it's grown because I really believe that it is a response to a need in my community, right? Um, it initially started with me just being a mother mm -hmm. and me not having enough opportunities and access for my own son. So a lot of times when we are looking for activities or things for our kids to engage in, for me, I grew up in Auburn Gresham. Mm -hmm. And so being in that community, I've seen the shift over the years. And when I had my own son trying to find a space for him, 
in my community was uns it wasn't available to me. We had to go to Hyde Park or we're going to Lincoln mm -hmm. Park or downtown the festivals. And I knew plenty of families and plenty of children in that neighborhood who would want to participate in that type of program. And so for me, Burst into Books was an opportunity for me to not only highlight that our Southside families deserve mm -hmm. and want to have access to these programs, but really to create programming that's representative of them. So since the start of the organization in 2018, do you have an estimate about of about how many families um, you all have engaged? Wow, so we, you know, it's, it's really awesome because we did this actually earlier this year. So I would say we have engaged with at least 7,000 families. Oh, wow. And the reason I say that is because our programming over the years has expanded, not just in our book clubs, but during the pandemic, we've continued with like virtual work. Um, we just started, we just had our second annual festival. So mm -hmm. we've been able to connect with families that way and then, then becoming a school partner. Mm -hmm. So being able to be involved in our own programming, but also support the city and other orgs with their work. So mm -hmm. it's been awesome. I think that from as small as a book club and tutoring to us even hosting community events, we've been able to really engage with, I would say my, almost every part of the city. Yeah, yeah. I, I see I see your logo on a lot of yeah. events <laughs> as a community partner, some events you're even hosting yourself. Who have some of your partners been? So one of our main partners, I would say, because our org is on the far south side, we actually just had an event today. So we partner with the Pullman Arts Collective, mm -hmm. with uh, DKs, with, uh, the Far South Coalition, also with just other community orgs like Kids Off the Block, the Croc Center, just mm -hmm. different areas on that side of town, right? But then I would say also a really great partnership with us over the years has been Blue Cross and Blue Shield, mm -hmm. uh, the Bulls, like they've been a continual sponsor with us, and then CPS, like CPS, CPL, um, the Park District, just being mm -hmm. able to plug into their programming and things that they do for kids and also the YMCA. So the YMCA mm -hmm. has also been a really great opportunity for us to be a vendor for them along with CPS. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned growing up in Auburn Gresham. Yes. So you've seen Chicago change significantly. In what ways do you are you incorporating some of what you appreciated growing up in Chicago? Well for me growing up community and festivals was just so pivotal in my, 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 my childhood. Mm -hmm. my, my mother and my grandmother, literally at the Bud Billiken, African Fest, right? We're at community back to school events. And so for me, I know what that does when you have a space where you feel like it's home mm -hmm. and you're able to just see classmates you ain't seen in years or families you haven't seen in years. And so that's why along with our everyday programming, those big community events really matter because I believe that that's something that we need to get back to where we can have this opportunity for families to connect. Block clubs, unfortunately, are not as pivotal as they were sure. before, right? Or these other type of events where you're actually able to know your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so to have these type of festivals and these type of events allow us to not only care about your community, but actually have a name to the person that you live next to or even that your child goes to school with. Mm -hmm. Now help us understand, like, what are the, the long-term goals or strategic plan, if you will, for Burst Into Books? Because I know you've been working yeah. very diligently. Our paths have crossed several yeah. times over um, in different programs and workshops and things. But like, what, what is the future uh, of Burst Into Books? Well, it's an exclusive, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> but we really have been, I mean, our whole thing is about storytelling and, and making sure black stories are, are told. And so something that we're really developing with the next two, three years to actually create a publishing house. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times as I work with authors and schools and even doing our writing lab, 
the whole point of bursting the books is that one, there's such a shortage of representation in children's books and being able to have access to create your own. And so mm -hmm. through the years, just getting to build these relationships, I'm like, this is something we can create for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It can be very much so ground roots. Uh, one of my mentors is Nora Brooks Blakely. Mm -hmm. And so working with her for a number of years with Brooks permission, I learned about like Third World Press and just how they started mm -hmm. and just being able to be a space for where stories weren't being celebrated in maybe the big scene, right? Yes. So I want to do that when it comes to black children's lit. So we're mm -hmm. really trying to develop our own in-house publishing company. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Help me understand, like, how can folks engage with or connect with Burst Into Books? Well, we are on all things Burst Into Books. So Instagram, Facebook, our website is burstintobooks.org. And just really just reach out to us in any way you want to collaborate. I really believe in collaboration. And so if we're mission and core value to align, I would love to work with you, whether that is doing an event together, book donations, or just coming to volunteer. Who have been some of the mentors or leaders that have inspired you in your work? So, as I mentioned earlier, Norbrooks Blakely mm -hmm. was a huge mentor. Um, this past week, it's actually kind of touchy because um, yeah. one of my biggest mentors, Joyce Chapman, yeah. actually passed earlier this week. Yeah. When I first started doing my work in Roseland, she was just like, if you're going to do work in Roseland, you need to know Joyce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she, in many ways, just helped me and understand like what it means to not only lead with your heart, mm -hmm. but also to lead with conviction. And Absolutely. so she's definitely been a huge impact for me. Um, and I would just also say, just all the other different educators I've met over the years, my background is in education. So just being able to be in the classroom and in schools, I believe is one of the best like grounds to be able to do community work. Absolutely. We'll be back with Jerema McGorham from Burst Into Books after a short break. Hi, I'm Bianca Cotton host of Behind the Confidence Smile. Join me Monday at 7.30 p.m. as I discuss with Jordan Owens about pregnancy, postpartum, and pills. I got so sick, I lost 20 pounds within the first three months. Wasn't eating. You can watch on CanTV19, CanTV.org, and CanTV Plus app. Welcome back. Jerema, before the break, you mentioned a little bit about um, Joyce Chapman mm -hmm. and, uh, of course, her memory. Can you share a little bit more about how she helps influence your life and your work? So I met Joyce when I first moved into the Rosen community. Uh, we bought a building right on 110th in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I've always, I mean, you couldn't be in the far south and not know who she was. Mm -hmm. I went to school in Morgan Park. And I knew her name. I just never knew her personally. But when I moved into that space, I'm always very big about I need to not only come in that space very much so as a student, but I want to already honor and respect those who've been doing the work. Mm -hmm. And so she was one of the people that I sat down with, like, this is what I want to come in this neighborhood to do. Um, this is what our mission is. How can I support what you've already been doing? And I think that right away um, built a really great bond with us because she was so much... Uh, one, taken aback by that, but then also she's one of those people like, all right, if you say you're going to do it, let me see if you're really going to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, okay, you ready to work? Let's do the work. And she right away, you know, started introducing me to principals and telling me about opportunities for me to get involved with. Uh, the Far South, they had just started the Quality of Life Plan that mm -hmm. year as well. So she was like, you should be on the Education Committee, which was headed by Dr. Wilson, and you mm -hmm. should, you know, get involved with this ministry. And so she was such a 
powerhouse when it came to being a connector. Like mm -hmm. she knew not only political education, but also in the ministry world, right? Just mm -hmm. how to be able to really build community. And so I would say one of the things that I took from her is that it is about really connecting all of these spaces that connect with families, right? So you can't come into a community and just be like, all right, we're going to be advocates for literacy, and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. These kids and families go to churches. Yes. They also are community community leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are at the WIC office. You need to know who's at that office. Mm -hmm. You need to know all these folks. And so I believe that she really laid the way for many of us who are trying to do the same work and understanding that leadership is first being a servant, but also mm -hmm. you got to know the people you're trying to serve. Yes. And when you know them, they're invested and you don't have to worry about convincing them to join mm -hmm. on board. If joy spoke, you move, mm -hmm. right? And I believe that came from, you knew that at the end of the day, she's ride or die for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of times we're trying to do these changes in different communities. The people could see these leaderships and all the men and all these different folks, but they don't know them. Mm -hmm. They don't understand them. They don't believe that they're really there for them. And so they don't back them up. Mm -hmm. And so she really showed me that at the end of the day, if you really want to get the support of the people, the people got to know that you're with them down and out and when things are good and when things are bad. And you need to always keep their mouth, their name on your mouth. Like mm -hmm. any space she's in, she was one of those people that really reminded me that at the end of the day, you're put in positions not for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're put in positions because you open doors for those who maybe haven't had the opportunity to be heard. Mm -hmm. how, how do you think, and you, you talked a little bit about it, but how do you think that her legacy will continue? I believe it's, it's really, I mean, eerie because the last time I saw Joyce was Monday. We had a meeting at Chicago State and they were going through all of the committees for the quality of life plan and she was the closing speaker. Mm -hmm. And in her closing speech, she even said, I'm at a space where it's time to pass the torch. Mm. And she talked about, she literally had every person who was on the committee stand up and she gave them their flowers. Mm. She was telling them like, this person, they've done this and this person, they've done this and we got to do this. We got to work together. And so it really felt as in many ways that she was saying, not like I'm leaving, but in many cases, like I've prepared you to do this mm -hmm. work. I can't always be at the forefront. Someone, mm -hmm. you know, you have enough to lead this committee. You have enough to do this. And even when she was CV, she was like, keep going, dreaming, like keep going. And so I believe I, even today we had an event in Pullman and some of the people that I know, like David Peterson from Pullman, mm -hmm. you know, he was there. We're already in a space of it's on our backs now. Mm -hmm. Like we, if anything, we got to turn it up more, mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, that's a voice that was a loud voice, a loud voice for the far south. And we have to make sure that our platforms make that voice not shun out. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I just think that it's just important for us to understand that whatever sector we're in, it's about service. Sure. Sure. How do you equip yourself for this service? You know, mm. there's there's the the uh, passion behind it, but there's also a lot of emotional hard work that goes into mm -hmm. it. So how do you equip yourself? It is important who you have in your ear mm -hmm. and who you are going to when it comes to when it's those those hard, those times that are low. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, the next person you have is Joseph Williams, who is mm -hmm. seriously like my little brother. And we're one of those people that if it's low, I'm like, Joe. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you need to talk to people who understand. Mm -hmm. Not only understand that this work is not just about the work for the people, but the work that it also could be taxed in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. I'm a mother, you know, I'm a sister. I do a lot of things and those things don't die out 
just when I do community work. Right. If anything, whatever I do, I know it's taking time away from my son. Mm -hmm. It's taking time away from whatever else. And so the way that you stay full is one, I believe you stay around people who are not only committed to the work themselves, mm -hmm. but then you also stay around people who are willing to tell you the truth yes. when you need to sit down, yes. right? Yes. Like one of my best friends, I quote it all the time. She talks about this work is sacrificial, but I am not the sacrifice. Amen. So. That's right. In what ways? Because I've seen how you've incorporated uh, some family time with your son mm -hmm. in this project. In what ways have you has he been receptive to supporting Burst into Books? Well, if you ask him, he is the creator of Burst into Books. Because okay? <laughs> I tell him all the time that it started for me wanting the space for him. So he'll be like, if it wasn't for me, my mom wouldn't even have Burst into Books. So he already is claiming that. But I think a lot of times I let him know that this is about him. It's about yes. building legacy. This is about Burst into Books is not something that I want to have just in my lifetime. I want it to be beyond me and I want it to be something that I can give to my 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 upcoming, you know, grandchildren and, and so on and so on. So he understands that we are building something for legacy, not just for like a temporary event planning organization. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, that's incredible. Well, people got to know that you're with them. People got to know that you're with them. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jarema. For more information about Burst Into Books, visit burstintobooks.org and make sure to follow All Things Public Narrative by visiting publicnarrative.org and following us at Public Narrative on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and X, formerly known as Twitter. This has been Public Narrative, a word with Jamira Alexander. See you next time.